reading a, a story about a guy in Dallas who um, had called his oldest son, and I was telling this story to my some of my house church too, but uh, called his oldest son um, out in New York and said, you know, I know the holidays are here, but I need you to know that we're, my, your mom and I are getting a divorce. So it's been really tough and we've been fighting all the time and we're not doing well and I'm calling you because you're the oldest and I really want you to know. And so I said, I need you to call your sister. And so he called his sister and told her the same thing and and uh, she was saying, no, 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 we, this just can't be. We, we, this can't happen. You, you, we've got to get out there and see mom and dad. We've got to go talk to them. And, and so they, they agreed they were going to get out there and you know try to stop them from doing this. And so um, Eddie called back to his dad and said, dad and mom, please, please promise you won't do anything until we get out there and have a chance to talk to you. And so he said, okay. And he hung up the phone and turned to his wife and said, guess what? Kids are coming home for Thanksgiving and they're paying their own way. <laughs> so, um, you know, here at the sanctuary, we're like a family. We really are. We're a, we're a family here. And there's a whole lot of kids in the family. And it's, like, it's so what I'm trying to do this morning is say we're coming together over, our, over the table. And it kind of looks like a Thanksgiving table a little bit, um, but we're coming here together. And one of the things that you know a lot of families do at Thanksgiving is they go around the table and they share what they're thankful for. And sometimes they have a chance to connect over the deeper things of life and the struggles and what's going on. And my family never did that because we were too shallow and we were like the stoic German Lutheran family that you know we we didn't we just didn't go there for anything that was sharing that would connect us emotionally. So, um, but I always thought it was cool when families do that. And so what we're going to do here this morning is a little bit different. We're going to kind of be like a big family around the table and we're going to do some interactive things that we are a little different than how we normally do church, but I think it'll be uh, fun and a chance to connect a little bit with each other. So, um, you've already pulled up your chair. We're at the table going to have a glass of wine in a little bit and some bread in a little bit, um, but we're going to do a little bit of sharing. So what, I'm going to tell you what this looks like. There's no surprises, so I'm not going to like trick you into anything or anything like that. I know I can be prone to do that, but not this time. Um, so if you, I want you to think in your life of, you know, over the past year or maybe even bigger than that, of just something that you're thankful for, you know, the kids shared here. And uh, I know we're all grateful for our families and people close to us and things like that, but maybe Maybe there's something that God has been doing in your life, and if you think back over time that you realize, wow, he's really provided for me in this way, or he, there's a piece of my story where I have felt so broken that he has brought healing to. There is uh, something that you're so grateful for, whether it be um, just something maybe a little a little uh, more descriptive than the average uh, thankful for my mom, which is, moms are great. But um, So I want you to think about that. And then I also want you to think about what's a trial? What's a difficulty that you have faced in this past year or something currently even? Um, just something that you maybe would have a really hard time thanking God for. And there are some cards in the back of a chair near you that, and there's also some pencils or pens or should be in the back of there too. So there, I know there's not pockets on the back of every chair. So um, there should be a couple and if you have to reach over or pass them around a little bit so that everyone can get one, I'm going to have you all do a little um, exercise here. So I'm going to describe it and tell you exactly so you don't feel caught off guard or whatever. So um, 
I'm going to have you fill out a card and write one of those things, both that you're thankful for and, and something that's a trial. You do not have to put your name on it. Probably most people won't. It, there is a spot down there below that says, um, if you would like to have your name shared, uh, what I want to do with these cards, even after we're done here today, is share them with our staff, our deacons. Our deacons is a group that comes together to help meet practical needs at the church and our prayer team. So that even if, even if they don't know your name, that's okay. We'll have people praying for you anyway. And if, but if you'd like your name to be known, sometimes that just allows us a personal connection in a way that maybe there is a practical way that we can help some of you or come alongside. And, you know, some of the things I like to do is help connect people when I know one person has been going through something and I know this other person's story over here and with your permission, uh, help connect the two of you together because it's like, it's nice to have someone who's walking through the same thing. Um, so take some time to fill those out. And, you know, when, you, when I come in the room here at, at the church, uh, there's a lot of times I'll look in that room and I, it's always great to see the faces I know and connect with them. But there's always people I don't know. And I'm always sometimes looking around going, I wonder what their story is. I wonder, I wonder what their life is like. I wonder what they do. I wonder what's, what's great in their life. I wonder what their gifts are. I wonder what their struggles are. And so even though you won't, we won't share names today, um, we will learn a, a little bit about our community. So what I'm going to do is write the cards. And um, you're, these two sections, you're going to pass them to that inner row, okay? And these two sections are going to pass them to that inner row. And Peter, if I could have your help collecting this side, and Dick already said he would help collect this side, what I'm going to do is bring him up here and read some of these, along with Stephen's help. So go, write something you don't mind being read. Okay, so if you just wrote something that you do mind, then scratch it out or something, <laughs> change it. Um, you know, but even if it's fairly personal, uh, there's a way to say it in a way where you don't share all the details, but you can name the category of what the struggle is about. And so um, you can write that down. And so if you're working on that, we're going to give you just a minute. And Justin's going to just play a little bit of music here while you do it. And um, when, you're, when you're ready or done, kind of pass them to, you guys pass to the young person there, and then same over here. Okay? Okay, um, before we start reading some of these, I, we have some uh, scripture readers um, that we're going to do a mix of kind of some sharing and reading scripture. And when we do have the scripture reading, I'd like you to just really listen to the words of the scripture that's being read and try to absorb it in a way of going, how does this go into my life? Lord, where do you want this to go? What, what, let the Spirit speak to you in a way where when I hear scripture, there's oftentimes that um, I resonate with something or I'm convicted of something. Um, if there's ever that voice of like condemnation, like, oh crud, I'm not doing that, or that feeling of duty or obligation, that's usually not Jesus. That's more like the enemy speaking to you, of kind of the guilt or self-condemnation or those kinds of things. But when it's the Spirit, He speaks to us in a way that um, is very unique and specific to our story. So um, scripture reader number one, uh, when, you script, when scripture readers come up here, if you can just pop up here to the top and read your verses. First one is, I think you know this guy, Peter. <laughs> Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. 1 Corinthians 4.7. For who regards you as superior? And what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? 2 Corinthians 9.6-8. Now this I say, 
He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Thanks, Peter. You know, when I hear some of those verses, I have this sometimes this attitude that creeps up that whatever I have, I feel like it's mine. You know, I earned it, I worked for it, I did it, and whatever I have is mine, and so sometimes I want to hang on to it. And um, without realizing that really, like every single breath we take is a gift from God. Every gift, every ability you may have, whether you like math and science or art or whatever it is, uh, God gave you the ability to do that gift, uh, the ability to earn money, the ability to work, the ability to whatever it might be. He gave you that. And so really everything comes from him, every breath. And it's so easy for me to think it's mine, 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 rather than just being a steward of, a, of the gifts he has given. And that he wants us to be an open channel where gifts come in and gifts go back out. Blessings come in and blessings go back out, like an open channel, and not just go blessings in, stop, clog, get out some Drano, I need something to push it through. Um, So sometimes I fall into that attitude. And another attitude that sometimes creeps up for me is that I put security in, you know, having the financial resources kind of there in case I need them and everything. And, you know, putting my value maybe in things I have. If I wear certain clothes or drive a certain car or whatever, somehow I'm more important. And sometimes we can fall into that attitude or trap of, you know, putting putting it into that rather than uh, the scripture Peter read about reaping and sowing. That, you know, sowing, sowing you know, like uh, you're sowing seeds out there for eternal value, not just to have things right now. Uh, scripture reader number two. This is Mondo. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And Philippians four nineteen, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It says he will supply all our needs. And um, again, some of the attitudes that creep up for me are sometimes I get my needs and my wants confused. Like I take all those wants and put them in the need category and go, I need this, I need that, I need this. And um, when he really does provide for my most basic needs, and not just for things, but, but relational needs as well. The need for belonging, the need for value, the need for connection, the need for intimacy. And um, there are a lot of different ways that he provides for those things as well, especially in a in a in the community, in the body of Christ. There's times when um, I've not felt needs met from my own dad growing up, but he's provided male mentors or brothers in Christ that have helped fit that need that I had growing up that wasn't filled. And I really think wherever there are voids or gaps in your life, the body of Christ is meant to come together to meet those needs with one another. And then the other uh, trap I may fall into with attitudes is, is um, just that God really doesn't care thinking sometimes he's just too distant or 
uninvolved and you know they say that the way you think about your earthly father is how you'll typically think of your heavenly father and my dad was distant and you're not as involved and so I often think God is kind of like that kind of like yeah I'll give you eternal life in the end but I'll, I'll see you when we get there in the end so sometimes I've struggled with that but is he is he really intimately involved and he really does care and he really does want to meet you in those needs so we're going to read some of these cards now, and uh, Steve, this is Stephen Hahn, and he's going to help me read some. We're going to kind of trade off some, and uh, we're going to start with some of the thanks, and again, when you hear some of these, sometimes I hear a thanks, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm thankful for that too. So um, Stephen, are you ready to read, read some? Why don't you read uh, five or six of those? I don't need no stinking yeah, yeah, light. They do. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> the miracle of life growing with me in, in me and entering the world. God carrying me through major illness. Our growing family, confidence that God is making the mother and wife he wants me to be. God's grace and forgiveness, his omnipotent loving presence in my life, carrying me when I didn't think I could get through some days. I am thankful that my dad accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior before he passed away in October. The sanctuary, a great conduit to ground us in our faith. The lesson that is pain in loving those close to us to see them have challenges, be wounded, hurt, beaten, or even defeated by this world. There is such great pain and experience that with him. The Lord showed to feel that pain as to have a glimpse glimmer into his love for us. I'm thankful for that love. Hmm. Everybody around me. <laughs> my husband has stood by me through these last few years during which I was incredibly difficult to love hmm. okay why don't you hang on to that now I'm going to go ahead and read some so that he can keep looking I'm thankful for God's supernatural provision in the face of overwhelming circumstances he has always met the needs of my family a good relationship with my ex-husband. Everything we, uh, even though we can't be married, we are able to parent as one, as a team, as well as help each other in other ways. It's cool. Good books, meaningful work, my dogs, kids, and spices for cooking. <laughs> a job that allows me to be home with my wife every night. All the birth mothers in the world that have allowed their children to come into the lives, and if they ever wonder if they have done the right thing, let them know how loved their children are and what a joy they are. We are eternally grateful. Uh, my husband, he is an amazing man, father, and husband. The tangible gifts are easy, but uh, he has the intangible. I can't put a finger on why exactly, but everything about him is wonderful. That's cool. Um, I'm thankful for Peter and his preaching in the church and not just going through the motions. Not intellectually challenged. Um, uh, oh, and I've not intellectually been challenged before I heard Peter preach. Why don't you go ahead, Steve? Peter's, he's going to read some more. My Heavenly Father shined his living presence around me and clearly told me, I am with you as I was devastated by my diagnosis of breast cancer. Hmm. 
the forgiving power of Christ and becoming a new creation. The support of family and friends during my wife's illness. My family continuing to grow closer and connect in the midst of unresolved addiction and trauma. I have been carried by the Lord as he leads me to people who can help with our son's behavior. Okay, let me read some more of these. Thanks. Um, okay. Uh, sober for one year and three months. Thanks for a recent medication to help physical pain. Thankful for a new job after a long struggle with the previous job. I'm thankful the job of um, thankful for my wife, and in, I think that's encouragement to change jobs. Thankful for Daddy, toys, Christmas, family, friends, Beth, Transformer, and Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I have a girlfriend now, and I'm so happy. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So that'll be all we'll read on the Thanksgiving part. I wish we could read more, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll have another service sometime. But like I said, they will all be read by, hang on, hang on uh, they will all be read by staff and board and um, the prayer teams. And so, um, you know, now we're going to read some of the trials. And I know some of you have heard Peter share uh, when he has spoken about how we're bound together at the joints in the body of Christ where there's a cut. There's wounds where there's things that bring us together that are broken places. And um, so part of when we share about the trials, it's about coming together and knowing, gosh, this is what our community is going through. This is, this is where our hearts are. And even though, again, you don't know the names, um, this is the kind of stuff that binds us. Um, when I'm in the middle of a trial, trials are often when my worst attitudes come out. You're like, God, why me? You know, why, why me and what have I done or to deserve this? Or, you know, what is your purpose? What is your plan? I thought I was following you and now this bad stuff is happening. And just really, it tends to like push out all my deepest questions. Um, so we're going to share some of these as well. And if, if you, again, like hear something and you resonate with that, one of the things my hope is of just simply in sharing them that you may hear it and go, well, that's exactly what I wrote, or that's the very thing I'm going through. And there's something nice about just knowing I'm not alone. And then the other thing I'd want you to pay attention to is maybe there's something that gets stirred when these are shared that really pricks your heart to pray for that person throughout the week when you're driving down the road, when you hear some of these and you go, oh, wow, I'm, whoever that person is, I'm going to be praying for that person. And again, God knows their names. So do you have some of these, Stephen, you want to start with? Difficulty knowing what to do. Loss of spiritual community. aging parents, managing commitments, time to care for myself, the death of a loved one, hmm. knowing what God wants me to do after college. Yeah. 
let me read some of these. Lost job. Leaving home in New Jersey and fears about the future. My hedgehog died. Finding a new church. I had a hard time finding a church. Aging parents. My constant struggle with wanting a deep spiritual life and lack of effort or passion. We had a storm. It was a bad storm. I'm presently experiencing great financial difficulty. My home is in foreclosure and I recently filed bankruptcy. I have an anxiety disorder that has proven to be a tenacious enemy. My family sometimes does not share their feelings so they can't be helped. In the last year and for much of my life, I felt a bit isolated, lonely, and couldn't understand how to connect with others. Finding time to show Jesus is a priority in my life and my family's life. My heart is broken emotionally and physically, uh, emotional and physical abuse going on with my daughters, two grandbabies. My constant struggle with depression first grade dealing with parents uh, and in-laws who are going through a divorce seven years alienation for my sister I prayed for reconciliation she invited me to Thanksgiving and now I need to figure out how to proceed to restore trust and how to repair damage caused by years of her rejection of me Stephen, you got some more? Watching my wife go through cancer treatment. Influencing family members to find their sanctuary. Hmm. A loved, dearly loved one diagnosed with schizophrenia and being his caregiver. Friendship problems. The difficulty my family has experienced in not knowing where we will be living in the, next, in the near future. Challenging family relationships. Trying to believe my worth is not in what I do, but who I am in Christ. Sick child with unknown illness. Coming clean about addiction and living in the burning light of Christ. I've had trouble understanding a relationship that I was in. Okay. Let me read a few more here. This is a time of financial leanness. As a man, I struggle with not being a provider uh, as my wife is our main source of income. I pray for my dear friend who is struggling in her marriage, finding forgiveness in her heart and searching for strength, finding God in her life. Um, a brother that has struggled for almost a year now with depression. Health problems, keeping my, fresh, my marriage fresh. Apparently my heart isn't working right. Doctor's appointment tomorrow to learn more, and right now it's pretty scary. My relationship with my father, struggling to get a small business going. So let's stop there for today. Um, 
really appreciate you guys sharing your hearts, and I know there's more out there. Um, Let's uh, go on to the next scripture reading. And, uh, you know, when I read scripture in the middle of a trial, again, you know, sometimes I am encouraged by the scripture and sometimes I'm mad at it, you know, because I'm not there. And um, Kim, why don't you go ahead and read these next verses? Hebrews 2.17. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Psalm 22.1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Romans eight thirty five thirty seven through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor power nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, it does help me to know that we have a God that can identify with our pain and our suffering and our sorrows. Um, that, that is meaningful to know that he knows what that's like. He came here to live and become one of us and to live life as a human that would walk all the things that we walk through. And that last verse that Kim read is especially meaningful to me when I just know that there is nothing, nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ. Even when I'm trying to separate me from the love of Christ, even when I'm running away and wanting to hide and reject him and, and um, just push him away, uh, eventually he's like coming after me. He's chasing me down, coming to get me. And that there's nothing that can really separate us. There's times when I feel like those trials separate us. It feels like God went somewhere else in the middle of those trials. But he, and God can't lie. His word is true. And so he is there. And we don't always feel his presence, but he is there. Uh, scripture read number four. Who's got number four? Dick. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Thank you. You know, there is a hidden power in weakness. We live in a culture that um, is pretty aware of power and using power to get your way. And, you know, we're often thinking of power as being uh, that way to be strong and pushy and on it and on top of it and and, uh, to make things happen and all that. But there is a hidden power in weakness that I believe comes from we're finally stripped down. Everything about us is kind of crumbling around and all the false parts of who I am crumble to the ground and the resurrected life of Jesus finally has the chance to come shining through. And uh, there is a, I mean, think about it. What power do you know of that's stronger than raising the dead? 
right? <laughs> so that resurrected power, that resurrected life is the very one that lives inside of us. And um, there's a purpose to all the pain. There's a purpose both in our character and allowing the, the heart of Christ to, to be grown in us. I think about that Christmas movie, The Grinch, and at the end when his heart grew three sizes, it's like God wants to grow that heart until it just pops out and starts coming out. And, and um, I start to live more of an other-centered life rather than just me, 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 you know, getting my needs met. And everything I do is either to, to get what I want or to protect myself in some particular way. Um, you know, there's times when I have felt so broken and so weak that I just, I truly have been in places where I just didn't want to live anymore. And I'm sure some of you have been in that, in that spot before. And times when I couldn't have worked up faith if I had to, I couldn't have faked the Christian life, whatever it might be. And in those moments, I feel like what was revealed to me was, it's okay. You really never had any to begin with. So, and Jesus is my faith for me on my behalf. And so I cling to his faith. I cling to his joy. I cling to his love, his peace, his patience, his kindness and goodness, because it's really all about him anyway. And um, it's just one thing to really live that versus just kind of have it be a theology over here or a verse you read. When you start living that, it's excruciating because what's being cut away is old self, old Francis, and what's rising up is the true Francis that, that Jesus intended me to be. And then the final reading, uh, scripture number five. Angela, you come up here. James 1, 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Hebrews twelve ten to 11. He disciplines us for our own good that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful, yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Thank you. All trials for the moment seem sorrowful, sorrowful and later produce joy. And, you know, to be honest, I hate trials. I hate going through them. I hate it when I'm in the middle of it, and I like comfort, and I really enjoy that. <laughs> um, but I will say this. I like me a lot better now than before I went through some of those trials. The heart that's in me, the uh, ability to have compassion for people, the, the desire to give, the desire to surprise people with grace. Um, I like who I'm becoming, and it's kind of a fun journey when you start to see who you're becoming, um, and when you look back over the years and see where God has brought you. Um, so uh, before we head into communion, I have a video I want to sh share with you, and I think it, it's, a, it's one that comes from clips from a favorite movie of mine, Bruce Almighty, so I want you to just kind of sit back and enjoy this, almost like we're, you know, we've been sitting around the table, and now we're sharing, now we're going to watch a movie together, okay?
surrender to his will? You've shared little pieces of your story, both the things you're thankful for and some of the trials you're going through. And, you know, there's times in my story where I just want to, like, rip out some pages and throw them away or hide some pages in shame because I don't want anyone else to read them. Um, but it's saying, would you come to the table today and bring your story Bring your thanks, bring your trials, and will you surrender to him, the author and perfecter of your faith, and the one who's writing the story, he's writing the meaning of your story, and, and while we do share in that and participate in that, that he's the one that puts the meaning on making your story a good one with an incredible ending. Um, you know, when I was reading the cards, I could feel inside of me the weight of some of the, the pain that you all were expressing through those cards. And, you know, at the cross is where Jesus took on every emotion, the fear, the anger, the guilt, the condemnation, the, the anxiety, the depression, you know, everything that you feel that's written on those cards when you write it, took all of that at the cross and bore it on our behalf and um, to redeem us and restore us. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, He who made him to be sin on our behalf, oh, he who made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when you come to the table today, bring your stories and bring your gifts and thanks as well as your trials and receive 
the resurrected life of Christ and have that awareness of his life growing inside of you. Um, that night when Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, saying, take and eat, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and poured it, saying, drink you all of it, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So when you come to the table, you can tear off a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup. The white cups are juice and the dark cups are wine and it's both the blood and body of Christ. As we get ready to close out this morning, um, that theme of coming to him as children um, the three and four-year-olds made their own poster, and since they can't write and, you know, really share very well, so they, they made this. And uh, to encourage you all to keep coming to God like children, I'm going to close out with some of these little thank yous here, and they actually do have names on here, and some of them probably really wouldn't mind their name being shared, but God, I thank you for my stuffed monkey, Tobin O'Neill. Thank, I'm thankful for Cheerios, Cohen Musser. Um, I thank you for the reindeers hopping, Riley Dean. God, I thank you for the world, Jason Williams. Uh, God, I thank you for my sister, Lila Dancer. And let's see. Oh, I thank you for the sky. Someone was really thankful for the sky, Jonas Halton. God, I thank you for water. Cohen Musser. And uh, how about this one? God, I thank you for presents. Lots of them. <laughs> Franklin. Okay. So um, that's from our kids to encourage you to keep coming back to God. And, you know, here's two things that I'm always thankful for, and I think you can be too. And especially when you're going through trials and you're, you're struggling with, you know, God, how long? Um, the story's not over yet. The first thing is you can be thankful. The story's not over yet. There is more to come. There's more that God is writing. And keep hanging in there and waiting for God's redemption in his story, whether that be something you see in this life or in the life to come. And the second thing I'm thankful for is that the story's over. Meaning, it is finished on the cross, that the resurrected life of Jesus is already finished, and it says in Scripture that we are seated right now at the right hand of the Father. But since we live in time, and God's outside of time, His reality is the real one, and we're already there. The victory's already won. It's like walk at, watching a Broncos game on videotape when you already know the outcome. You won. So. Hey there. I hope the message that you just heard or viewed helped you to believe a little more that God is better than you thought, the love of Jesus is deeper than you know, and the Spirit is everywhere working the wonders of mercy. If that's so, I'd love it if you would consider two things. Number one, ask yourself if there's someone that you know that might benefit from this message, and then uh, forward this link onto them. There are several ways that you can do that by visiting our website at thesanctuarydowntown.org. Secondly, I'd love it if you'd uh, take just a moment and uh, ask the Lord if He'd like you to contribute to this endeavor financially. We really can't do this except for the fact that God inspires people like you um, to give. And uh, you can do that by uh, going to the website and clicking on uh, the donate button or uh, by simply mailing a check to the sanctuary downtown at uh, 2215 West 
30th Avenue, Denver, Colorado, 80211. Uh, thanks for being a part of what we're doing, and God bless you.